Welcome to Speak Sex. I am your host, Eve Eurydice. I am Greek from the island of Lesbos, where the lesbians come from. I have written three books on female sexuality. I am the writer of the Sex Files columns for many magazines. Um, I've been on talk shows, TV shows, speaking as a sex expert. I give advice online and I am working on a book called the Speak Sex Manifesto. So Speak Sex podcast is part of my field research into uh, women's and men's sexuality right now and how we could change the world through sex, how we can speak sex in order to articulate and evolve our consciousness um, by taking back the words, the logos, and how we can start with women's right to give consent to sex, um, our newly gained right to s- verbally give our consent and take a, that right into the next step of naming the sex we're going to have, describing the sex we're about to have, and giving permission and agreement for how we're going to engage sexually with our partner of the moment. So that's um, that vast arena of intersexual negotiation and definition, which is still ours for the taking, is my topic on this Speak Sex podcast. I feel that this is the first generation in the world where women get to speak freely about their desire, uh, starting with sexual consent and um, reinventing their pleasure. So um, with that in mind, I want to talk about different questions that women have today about their sexual experiences. And uh, my guest on this um, episode um, is um, the perfect person to answer this because <laughs> she represents 12,000 sexually curious women right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the numbers are, are growing daily by the thousands. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Genevieve. Genevieve Lejeune is the founder and CEO of Skirt Club, skirtclub.co.uk is a worldwide organization for bi-curious women. And I'm going to say that it's the only um, women-only social network that's available now for bi-curious and sexually curious, sexually interested um, women around the world and mostly professional women. Um, Because as it stands right now, It is mostly Western professional women who have the privilege to, you know, find their sexuality and and speak speak about it and have their questions answered and share them with other women. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Redisi. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, So tell us a little bit about Skirt Club. You have uh, chapters in 16 countries. That's right. 16 cities around the world. And uh, we are hosting events in 13 of those. Mm -hmm. And women can become members by going online, finding the website. Yeah, very 
very easily go to skirtclub.co.uk and fill out a simple application form and we approve those within f- five to seven business days. Okay. And there are some criteria then that, that you need t- for the approval process. Um, we, we request two photos. Mm-hmm. Um, your name, email, uh, your sexuality on mm-hmm. the Kinsey scale, rated zero to six. Um, zero being straight and six being gay. Uh, most of our members are around the one or two um, level, uh, if it's a level, um, where they d- identify as sort of curious, but more on, to, on the hetero side of the scale. Um, what else? Profession, we require that. Um, and that's kind of it, really. Education. Yeah, mm. what level of education? That's purely just interest. Um, yeah. It's not yeah. a criteria as such. Um, mm. We want to get to know you and we want you to get to know our other members. Yeah. So, and once a woman is approved, she can, it's a little bit like Facebook. Once you're approved, meaning, so it, it is a little bit like a private club, but then mm-hmm. upon approval, like Facebook, you get friendship requests and you can send out friendship requests to other members in your city or around the world. Am I right? That's right. You mm-hmm. can, for example, you may be living in New York, but you're planning a trip to London and you'd like to make some new friends whilst in town. So you could first check if we're having any events that date. Um, and you can also see who's in the neighborhood uh, where you're staying and perhaps meet for cocktails and uh, get to know one another. It's beautiful. So it's also a way to to for for to socially uh, engage and you know network, not only sexually, but on a on a friendship sisterhood level. I right? think it's important to have friends who understand you. Mm-hmm. I knew when I was growing up that I didn't know anyone quite like me um, who was interested in both men and women. I also didn't feel comfortable discussing it. But having Skirt Club um, now allows me to talk openly, and that really helps me as a person. Uh, I can express myself and not have to be too concerned about being judged. Yeah. Well, I want to say for our listeners out there that you do not have to know that you're interested in women to do this. You may have to just find out if you are. There are many women who attend our events who rate themselves as zero on the Kinsey scale. That's uh, completely straight yet they are open to experimenting and finding out if there's something else there. And and I've had one, I think one or two, who have said, you know, I came, I realized I'm completely straight, but thanks, it was a great party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, go, yeah, go you, that's great. Yeah, I, re- yeah. I love that you put yourself right out of your comfort zone just to find out. Uh, that's, that's somebody with a truly open mind. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, the parties can be sexual or... Um, none or educational or just social events? We have different types of events. Um, mostly they're either going to be our signature event, which is um, ultimately a play party um, with, a, with a, an educational speaker and a performer uh, the same evening. We also do mini skirt, which is obviously the smaller title alternative, which is a mixer and a bar. Um, that is just networking over cocktails. Um, we're also starting a new program of workshops, which is more about learning new skills. Um, and once a year, we'll host our dance party in New York, which is female DJs and an all-female audience uh, dancing all night long, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> and is there a, a, a price, uh, a membership cost, and a price for parties or events? How does that work? So when you sign up, it's actually free to join. Um, and you can you can have a profile on our website um, at no cost. 
But if you wish to communicate with one another and send private messages, there's there's a small fee of $8 per month to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if you want to upgrade that further and earn discounts on our events, um, there's a fee of $30 a month. And then the events um, cost kind of, it depends on the type of event or, but it's not, what what's the uh, range? Just so... so It depends which city you're in in the world, mm-hmm. to be honest. And mm-hmm. of course, currencies are involved. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but if we stay within the US, um, New York events are sort of around $150. Um, and same for San Francisco. Um, LA sort of, you know, between, which depends, we, don't do, we only really do mini skirts in LA, um, same as Miami, and they're sort of around $20. Mm-hmm. So it, it just depends where you are. Yeah. Um, okay, good. Yeah. And then we'll do That's it. That's a big range. Yeah. It it depends what the events entails, right? Because if, if we're doing a private party in a house um, with free-flowing champagne and burlesque performers and the ticket's a bit more. Um, yeah. We have to hire the venue, et cetera, and people right. have to fly in, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but with mini skirt, it's, it's a straight-up, you know, bar experience. Um, and first-timers often prefer that sort of um, entry point. Uh, it allows them to meet the other members. Um, there's no commitment Uh, the cost is minimal. Yeah, twenty dollars is nothing. To yeah, sell. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and you you can choose to leave when you please. You know, so it's a public environment. It's, we've we've hired the bar privately, but you could step out onto the street if you if you if you wish to leave, etc. So that there's that level of comfort um, that I think most first timers prefer. Mm-hmm. My advice nice. if you're joining is to go <laughs> to come to mini skirt <laughs> first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the play party involves. You know, you can or not participate sexually. You can just watch the performance, which could be what striptease or a cabaret show of some time burlesque, right? It's normally burlesque. Um, mm-hmm. Although we've we've also um, used pole dancing, ballet, mm-hmm. um, different types of duo performances, um, an aerialist. Um, it depends on what the what the venue set up to allow. Um, go-go dancers, you know, anything, actually. We have a lot of fun with it. Um, we've also used speakers who demonstrate a class uh, simultaneously. So, we, you know, for example, we ha- if we had a dominatrix come in and she taught a spanking class. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a technique to that. Don't think you can just go smack anybody's bottom. You have to actually take it from the side and find the most plumpest part, right? Because it's all about blood circulation. It's not about hurting somebody, which I think a lot of people sort of overlook. Um, same with whipping. Um, so th- there's, there's, we had a chocolate maker come in, you know, she, she not only taught us how to make chocolate, um, she, we did full tasting and they say chocolates, uh, well, cocoa's an aphrodisiac, right. so mm-hmm. <laughs> we put that to test. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, we've, we've had a corset maker come in and teach us the different styles and, um, how to strap one another into corsets, um, how tight that can get and how good it feels. Um, that's, that was interesting. Suddenly, everybody was uh, whipping their clothes off to try on these corsets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, um, and it could be like endless, really, the, the list of these classes and yeah, experiences. It, yeah, whatever the mind's Unlimited. imagination can yeah. throw up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have a lot of fun coming up with these themes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. And then after that, people can stay, go, watch, participate, go upstairs, play. And the play is almost exclusively clitoral, right? So it's not really, um, you you rarely get into um, penetration. Right. And you know, there's, there's two reasons for this. Um, most of our guests are really quite new to, to girl-on-girl sort of sexual interactions. So they're very much heavy petting, kissing, um, 
you know, being together Maybe going naked. down on a girl. Yes, there's some of that too. And for that, we provide dental dams. Um, but in terms of penetration, um, I don't really see much of that. And I think because the crowd is very much novice, but um, also, you know, I don't, I'd encourage it because I, I want to minimize the risk of STDs. And for those situations, you know, we do provide condoms. Um, but I, 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 I pref- Condoms for the dildo, for, for like pegging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or gloves. I mean, you could have a little, you know, tasting. Yeah, gloves too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, in the US especially, um, every, everybody is very clued up on that kind of thing. So um, we provide everything just on, you know, just in case there's a request for it. Mm-hmm. Um, often, you know, I'm teaching them how to use a dental dam. So we're still at that level here. <laughs> um, many have never heard of what, what one is. Yeah. And uh, we do see it as our responsibility to educate, given that many of them are, are there for the first time. They yeah. should at least know what options are available to yeah, them. Yeah, they right? should know that they can use one if they if they choose to. Right. Yeah. I mean, once you get kind of fluent and comfortable, you probably won't because it feels much better without, just saying, for the record. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, if you're going to like worry <laughs> and worrying gets in the way of your experience, then there is absolute protection f- at every level. Right. Then you have a choice. Um that's wonderful, yeah. So, um, and it doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean that you are going to the party and you're doing, having this play time because that's how you want to spend the rest of your sexual life. It just means that you want to have an experience. It's not unlike the experience of, uh, you know, hiking a mountain or taking, uh, going uh, river rafting or, um you know, uh, I don't know, skydiving, or you can just experience it for the experience of it and see how you feel and how you like it and if you want to do it again and if you want to do it only at the play level within the limits of Skirt Club or or if you want to take it a step further and make it a more personal experience. But what I'm, I'm trying to stress for everybody is that it's worth the experience just for the play for the fun for allowing your body to feel different things with different people and especially with people whom you don't know really uh, in a very safe place women only place no cameras um, no (laughs) recording equipment of any type you know cell phones are set aside so um, you just kind of uh, have fun and allow your body to be part of your experience the way you bring it into experience when you do other things such as the sports I mentioned you know mm. try out uh, whatever you know uh, you take like a yoga intensive um, it's really a similar thing you know there shouldn't be like all that extra moral and whatever so- so social you know judgment attached mm. to it at all there shouldn't, and there, there isn't so much these days. Um, as our audience becomes younger, there's less of it, that's for sure. Um, but of course, the many women, especially in their 30s and 40s, are still very concerned about reputation. And as anyone should be, um, they don't they don't want their private life made public. So yes. it's they're more concerned about having a profile that might not carry their real name, um, but allows them to meet other women um, with a pseudonym and to do, I guess live a second life um that's how they get themselves comfortable with their bisexuality mm-hmm. um, and also you serve um in 
educational purpose because um, part of uh, you know our sexual repression stems from the fact that we do not get taught anything about sex by ever you know not in school <laughs> not by our parents certainly not by our church um, you know my my personal feeling is that and this is just as an aside is that we should start teaching sex at the toddler level. I really think that when a kid goes to Montessori school, you know, the same way that you're touching and you're learning the shape of things and you're understanding the social contract, how to behave with other kids in a group setting, and, you know, you are starting to read emotions and, and how, you know, the, the teachers, you know, respond to what you're doing, and you're getting your first yes and no's, your first rewards and punishments. Well, there should not be punishment for everything sexual. Um, instead, the, we should give children a language, you know, and a way of entering sexual experience before they're sexual. So by the time they actually become sexual, they are aware of everything and they're not frightened and, you know, panicked and, and, and you know, compelled to, to hide and lie and, you know, uh, uh, invent and make up things because they really have no knowledge. Um, for example, I think that priests would not be able to abuse and rape, mm. you know, youths if the youths had a facility with s sexual understanding, language, what everything is, you know. So it's actually to protect the children, mm. you know, but also prepare them for the time when they're going to be sexual. But since we haven't had any of that, we find ourselves as adults, as, you know, sexual adults, past our, past our uh, you know, early uh, stages of, you know, losing our virginity, as it's called, <laughs> um, which is actually a gain. Um, but, you know, entering the sexual realm. So we've already entered the sexual realm. We've had a couple of experiences, at least. And then here we are. And we have numerous questions that are not answered. So one of the ways to go about finding um, these answers is to engage with, you know, a community like the Skirt Club, which is safe. Um, so you do, you do offer, you do offer uh, counseling and advice for by curious members. Well, actually, just yeah, we've just started. Uh, um, a service whereby if you have a question, um, you can reach out to one of our agony aunts. Um, and Eurydice, I believe you're part of that. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I, I am one of the advisors on the site, yes. Absolutely. And it helps that you're so experienced in helping women uh, and men um, come to terms with what they truly, truly desire and helping them gain access to that without carrying all the shame and guilt that often comes with it. Um, I know you've had plenty of experience helping many people around the world with all of their situations. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's a privilege to have you on board. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and what are some of the questions that you most often hear from your members? Um, many. There are many. But I've, I've picked out um, a couple for us today to tackle. <laughs> um, okay, so I often get a question around, you know, I... I um, I've never done this before, um, but how, you know, I, I have a boyfriend who I am very fond of and I, and I love being with. Uh, how do I tell him? Uh, what is the best way to go about um, breaking news to him first that I 
I'm sexually attracted to women. Uh, and second, that I would like to go to an event where I can experiment and try that out for the first time. Um, and it is not, I should start by saying that it is not obligatory to tell the boyfriend. So first, <laughs> we gotta get that out of the way that if, um, you know, a woman feels uncomfortable bringing it up, she doesn't have to. Um, but it's better to bring it up so that you don't have any issues of, you know, guilt or, um, you know, something that you're going to have to discuss later if it becomes more important than you expect it to be, all of that. So, yes, it is advisable to talk about it, um, but you do not need permission. You're still your own woman. Um, so um, I, would, I would tell the boyfriend that this is just part of your sexual journey. Um, that this is not a choice of one or the other, you know. So I would, I would just say, you know, honey, you know, I've, t I've been, you know, I have these friends of mine, and they have gone to this skirt club event, and they sound so fun and exciting, and I feel that I could find out all kinds of things about my own sexual experiences, my orgasms, my body. Um, I, I'm turned on hearing about their, um, you know, their playtime at the sex parties, and I want to go to one. Um, it's women only, so I'm sorry you can't come, but, but I'll tell you all about it, and I will, you know, relive it with you if you want, um, but I'm just going to go with my girlfriends on girlfriend night and um, play. I don't, I don't know how far it will go. I don't know if I'll you know, get naked. I don't know if I will uh, get eaten out. I don't know if I'll just kiss a girl. I really can't tell you now, but I'll tell you after if you want to hear about it. Um, how do you feel about it? Mm. I think that most men would be uh, excited by the idea because it is, you know, part of the male ego that kind of like, you know, they... Uh, indirectly at least get access to more than one woman so even though your boyfriend is only with you you're having been with like two other women or three other women at this play party and then coming home to him and telling him about it or having sex with him with that extra you know knowledge that extra oral touch or whatever <laughs> uh, will make him feel um you know richer in his own sexual experience with you um, and he will see a different side of you which will arouse him um, you know part of what makes monogamous sex especially heteronormative monogamous sex um, you know tiresome boring mm -hmm. what what makes people you know cheat or, or look for change is the fact that we don't know, you know, we, we get stuck in repetitive habits. We find something that works, um, you know, both partners reach orgasm, and then we are busy with our daily lives, and we tend to repeat that and not experiment and not set aside time and say we're going to have sex in a completely different way. People just don't do that. Uh, they should but they don't know how to go about it. And usually it's left up to the guy because he's supposed to know about these things because he has the pennies. But he really doesn't. You know, he, he, th the guy may feel self-conscious, you know, telling 
his girlfriend, um, I want you in a whatever French maid uh, outfit or in a fishnet bodysuit with like the genitals only visible or, you know, I want to try what you were saying, whipping, you know, on me or or on you or both back and forth. Um, He may feel that she will judge him. Um, He may feel that she will leave him because she'll think that he's a pervert. So taking the initiative as the woman is actually very helpful for the guy because chances are the guy will be game. Mm. Um, And that he's the one who is pulling back because he doesn't want the girlfriend to like, you know, withdraw or or judge him or say no or, or f- you know, freak out or feel that she's been objectified or whatever. So if she's the one initiating sexual play, including her own sexual play with other women, which then she brings back to the couple by shifting the, the sex around, I think he'll be happy. So my advice to like narrow it down back to one sentence is when you bring it up, always make sure that you add that you're going to come back to the couple and bring that into the sex with the boyfriend and find a way after the playtime when you have sex next time with your boyfriend to shift things around in some way. And that's his reward. So bring spice into the relationship. Exactly. Mm. So just to play devil's advocate here with you, what would happen then if he were to say, sure, but I want to go to a play party too? Of men only. Well, this is actually the game I played once. It didn't work out very well for me. But um, if he were to say, oh, I want to go to a play party too, which is mixed, or I want to date a girl too, I want to have sex with a group of women I have never met. He could propose that. So how would you counteract? Well, that's really up to, you know, the individual. So it's not about me. <laughs> I'm extremely um, sexually comfortable by, 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 you know, genetically somehow. <laughs> Always have been. So it's not really about me. But I think that for the average, you know, member... Um, I don't think that it's fair that he will go play with a number of, you know, with uh, women because she's doing it. So Mm. I think that the only thing that would be in any way an equivalent would be if he wanted to go experiment in a play with only men. Mm. Um, Which, as you know, is just much less likely because men are scared of playing with other men because of the penetration involved. <laughs> so I think that there will be very few of these boyfriends who will actually, you know, come back with that retort and say, okay, if you're going to go and play with your girlfriends, I'm going to go play with my boyfriends. But if he does, you have to say, yes, it's just fair and square. You go play with the boys, make sure you wear a condom, you know, make, <laughs> make sure you don't do anything that you know, is unsafe and we come back and we exchange uh, stories and we see what, mm. how we spice up our own sex life this way. And he may find out all kinds of things in his experience with a boy-only place in that she will love. You know, many women have no idea how um, exciting it is to switch roles and be the dominant partner in bed, you know, sometimes. Um, and I and I feel that if it comes from him, especially if it comes from that, you know, boy-only experience of his, 
um, it will it, it will be more acceptable for the for the girlfriend than if he were to say, oh, you know, um, you know, I used to be gay, <laughs> or you know, I used to like love men more than women, and now I don't, but I still wanna like be the bottom, you know, or like it's harder for women to. Um, feel safe with a, with a man who identifies as um, um, bi in an official way than a man who identifies as bi in a playful way, mm. the way that your women do, you know, within the skirt club, which mm. is play. It's play. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go out there and have an official girlfriend at the same time that I have an official boyfriend and go out to dinner with my exclusive girlfriend as I'm going out to dinner with my exclusive boyfriend, that sort of thing. It's more playtime. So I think that just makes it easier for the you know heteronormative relationship to survive and flourish. I think it's healthy if you, if you define common ground on what's acceptable and what's not, that it's agreed upon between you as a couple um, and that you respect each other's wishes. Um, I think it's, if you move ahead, um, with with attending an event and and not telling him and leaving him to find out, you will jeopardize your relationship. But if, if you walk into this knowing that that might be a consequence, then you can make a fair assessment of what you should do next. It's it's like you say, every relationship is so different. Every person is so different. So it's very difficult to to say you know one size fits all. Um, you have to make your own judgments. But um, the, the fairest way is, is to be as open as you can. Um, yeah, I, d- I do have one uh, hostess actually who who and I love this um, arrangement that she has with her boyfriend. They li- they live together, and the night that she comes to skirt club, uh, he, he goes to his own boy party. Um, That's great, which is an equivalent, um, but for boys only. And um, they agree to be home by six a.m. or at some point before morning. And they they decide not to discuss it in the morning, that they just leave it. Whatever happened, they leave out that party and they go about their, their lives as a couple um, regardless. So I quite enjoy that um, arrangement that they have. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think that you need to discuss it unless the partner wants to hear about it. Mm. But again, I do advise that you take what you learn and you bring it into the sex life with the partner. Yeah, because you will learn. Yeah, <laughs> you will. <laughs> you will definitely learn something that he might enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> so just ask him to do new things. Yeah. Um, should we tackle another question? Sure. Um so um, this came from a, a member who's in a relationship with a boy. And um, she says to me, uh, I, I have a crush on a, a girl I met at your party recently. Um, my crush has turned into something more. How do I tell her? So she's obviously feeling more than uh, she anticipated she would. And now, of course, she wants to have uh, some form of loose relationship with her Um while she stays with a boyfriend. It seems like it, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cake and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel that the question, the bigger question is what to tell the boyfriend and not what to tell her. Mm. Um, you know, what to tell her is I can't stop thinking about you. You know, I think you're gorgeous. I just, you know, felt so happy in your presence. Um, I felt like I was, you know, 
on top of the world. I want to spend more time with you. I, you know, you're amazing. You're mesmerizing. Um, you know, I want to know all about you. I just don't want to only see you at the next play party if you're there. You know, would you be into hanging out together, doing things together? You, you don't have to just limit it to sex or go straight to the sex. You could make it more about, um, you know, a friendship with benefits. So, um, you know, go to dinner, go to a movie, go to a concert, you know, have talk, have a drink, talk about your lives, you know, who she's with, uh, what her sexual experiences have been, her sexual narrative. And once you exchange this kind of like stories of what you've done, where you're at in your sexual journey, where you would like to go, then it's just only natural that then she asks, um, you know, do you want to play the two of us? You know, you want to come over? Can I come over if either one has a space? You know, you want to rent a motel room? <laughs> um, and, you know, my treat. <laughs> um I think all of that is quite natural and uh, so long as you don't come across as like obsessed and, and, and you know, insane, <laughs> insanely obsessed, I think it will be welcome because we're all flattered by, you know, attention and approval and, um, uh, you know, desire. And desi being desired is perhaps the greatest turn on, right? So the the stronger the desire that we sense from whoever we're with, the more we're going to respond. It's just human nature, you know. When you really want it, that excites you. So showing the woman that you really want her, um, but not like, you know, sending her nonstop sexts, getting together, you know, and letting it show in, in how you look at her and how your body responds to her, will inevitably make her respond back. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's e more easy to manage, but then you have to go back to the boyfriend <laughs> and say, you know, I don't think that, uh, you know, this you and this woman I'm attracted to are um, mutually exclusive. I think that I can handle both. I don't want you to feel threatened. Um, it has nothing to do with, you know, how much I love being with you and our, you know, life together as a couple. I just want to, you know, pursue this. And if you want, I, you know, I'll keep you informed, but I'm not doing this in order to kind of leave you and be with her. Um, if that's the case, <laughs> mm. if that's the case, it, you know, if not, then I guess you'll just follow that journey. Right. Wherever it takes you. Effectively, I guess you're asking him for a, an open time. relationship. Or, and time, yeah to, yeah, to find out. Yeah. Because you just don't really know. And um, many relationships do fizzle out quite quickly. You know, you jump in with lust and you soon realize that the, there's not love at the end of the rainbow. It was just the lust. <laughs> yeah. But you have, yeah. To, you have to go on that journey to, to figure yeah. it out. Otherwise, yeah. you're just left wondering, what yeah. if? And sometimes that's worse. Yeah. Well, one of the amazing things about being with a woman is that you somehow put yourself in the place of the man in the story, you know, whether it's like the porn the porn scenario that we're used to or the the words in our heads or whatever, suddenly you can be the empowered partner because it's it's a girl. 
So you get to play, you know, play, play act the part of what you think the male in the society should be doing. And that's extremely liberating. You know, you can compliment her. You can like manhandle her. You can position, you know, position her body. You can um, be the one in, in your mind. You're the one in charge. So I think that that's like really uh, consciousness changing at, uh, in the sexual realm for women who've never been with other women. Then they'll get, as they do it, they become more used to it and they realize, oh, you know, I c- actually I, I get to play all parts with anyone. Um, and I, and I, I think it's only rare that women will find that I only want to be with women because this is really how I'm, I'm, I'm happiest. Um, but in those, you know, in those rare occasions, that is the journey. And you, you know, you have to be true to yourself and find that out. Um, for me, personally, um, and I'm just saying that to bring up all possibilities, you know, <laughs> to, our, to our listeners. For me, personally, women are more high maintenance emotionally. <laughs> so if I had to pick a partner, um, a life partner, someone to have in my home all the time, you know, which is already a lot, <laughs> having someone there at all times is uh, difficult. Um, but um, if I had to pick someone, I, I would just pick a guy because he's low, low key. You know, he's re- men are really low maintenance. And again, I'm not talking about the individuals. We're we're trying to like generalize. You know, so it's kind of like a crude generalization. Mm-hmm. But within that crude um, way of speaking, you know, women feel more and want to discuss their feelings more and analyze more and think about what, you know, their partner does and wants and how they look at them and how the words inflect and all that stuff. And, you know, so you get away with less. (laughs) That's my experience (laughs) with a female partner. (laughs) You better be a perfect person or you better be a good person. You better be on top of your game because <laughs> you will get analyzed. Whereas, you know, you're with a guy, you kind of like, you know, flatter him a little or whatever. And he doesn't, you know, most men, and again, we're, we're generalizing. Most men just don't even see the details and don't sweat the details. So, you know, I have caught myself doing things that or saying things in a moment of you know whatever it is anger or um hairy and i'll say something that i myself as a woman feel bad about in a few minutes i'm like oh you know what that was so thoughtless you know and he has the, the man has no idea so and i feel like i'm getting away with something that if I had been with a woman partner, I would not have gotten away with. We would be sitting here having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> a little debrief about that right. turn of events. Yes. <laughs> what did you mean? Why do you talk to me like that? The phone, the voice, the tone. No, it hurt my feelings. <laughs> did you secretly read this because of this is this what happened three yeah. months ago when, when yeah. this also came up? Yeah, <laughs> like I would always be apologizing. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. Like you know, uh, so um, that's something to take into consideration when you are deciding whether you want to be a lesbian in your like long term relationships and mm. uh, if you want to coexist with someone <laughs> or, or whether you want to stay in that 
you know, vast heteronormative, uh, you know, world. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's certainly a big switch. Yeah. Um, okay, another question. Okay. Please. Um, my family don't know I'm into girls. Do I have to tell them? How much is she into girls? If if she's exclusively into girls, if that's all, yeah. If she's only dating girls, uh, going out with girls, uh, finding orgasm with girls, and has no interest in boys and penises, and uh, you know that that uh, the entire male gender, romantically and sexually, then yes, you have to tell them. You have to tell them, you know, gently. But um, I think that uh, there is really very little um, stigma anymore, you know, for for women choosing the, a lesbian lifestyle, especially if you tell your family, you know, I, I still want to have a child. I mean, if you do. <laughs> right. You Don't know, stop everyone either. <laughs> I know. That's like the main thing that the, the, the parents in the family want to know, really, is are you going to make them grandchildren? They don't really care with whom, uh, you know in this day and age so you know always like find something when you discuss an awkward topic with a person um who you feel very uncomfortable discussing it with before you begin try to think what will the reward be what are you going to give them in exchange for putting them through this discomfort so you're going to tell them something that you know they don't really want to hear because it's odd it's out of the norm it's out of the ordinary um so first come up with the reward and make that part of the conversation instead of you know coming at them from a place of um argument you know i don't like your way my way is the right way you know i know who you know i want to be and who i want to be is someone unlike you guys no <laughs> try to find who you are within the context of who they are mm. so that it becomes kind of an inclusive way of telling them your difference mm. right and bringing them their needs right into that statement so you know it's always different depends on who you're talking to whether it's a partner or a parent or a boss or you know but once you're going to bring this awkward news especially about something private that's rarely discussed include in that their perk how that you know does something for them that they would like that they want to have and that's all you have to do is it's kind of like sweeten it give them a little you know hope always give them hope (laughs) (laughs) sounds so bleak um i remember when i told my parents about skirt club and of course by by default i am telling them also that i'm bisexual they um we're very quiet. <laughs> First of all, I'd never heard the term bisexual, so I didn't know what it meant. And and wow. second, they they couldn't understand how um, I'd gone from finance to <laughs> running play parties for a living. Um, so it was all a bit of a shock at once. Um, but the reason I had to tell them, of course, is because I was in the newspaper. That that <laughs> you and waited too long. <laughs> I waited two years. <laughs> I'd been in every magazine and they hadn't noticed. Um, <laughs> luckily, my parents don't live on the internet, so I, it's very easy to get away with it. <laughs> um, even now, though, they they still don't understand, really. So, 
Do they ask questions? No. No. They just leave it un... They're, they're very British like that. Mm. It's, it's just best not discussed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also they respect my privacy. You know, I, I don't want to discuss, to, I don't want to discuss it. Um, what I do in my sex life is private. Well, that's another thing that we should tell, you know, our listeners is that your people love you and they want to love you. They want you to give them space, right? Mm. Space to love you. So they don't want to like deal with this awkward stuff if you don't force them. They, mm. you know, they want to find the ways in which they are comfortable enough to love you. So, and that's okay. You know, that's mm. okay. We don't have to be, you know, this uh, very American idea of like kind of having to like advertise who you are to everyone and make these big announcements as if you're not going to change. You're going to change, you know. And the fewer like uh, announcements and, and definitions you present to the world, the more freedom you give yourself to evolve, you know, and change and become someone else. Like you could be vegan and then you could be a meat eater. You know, you could be a Buddhist and then you could be a, a Hinduist and then you could be a Muslim. But if each time you have made like a huge deal out of telling everyone who you are, it becomes harder to give yourself permission to change because then you have to go back and re- like re-explain yourself. <laughs> right. Oh, I've changed, everybody. I've changed my spots once again. Yes. <laughs> and now I'm a cross-dresser. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, now you call me they. It's like, just, you know, allow yourself, you know, change without each time thinking this is it. It's all, you know, this is like all or nothing. Um my my favorite story from my experience is that my mom, who, you know, she's the daughter of a priest. Um, her father chose her husband. She, of course, was a virgin when she was married. She'd never seen a man naked before she was 18. Um, she still sings in church every Sunday as oh. a cantor. <laughs> so um, uh, she, I, I took my first book to them, which was published when I was 20, and it's a story of a vagina. So the the word cunt is in every sentence. Um, yes, luckily it was written in English. And I, it was translated in many languages, but I never gave permission for it to be translated in Greek. So I did spare them their feelings. And that's important to note. You know, I didn't mm. take the few dollars. I don't know what I would have made, you know, <laughs> uh, from like selling the Greek books, <laughs> but not much. You, you haven't lost a fortune. Right. Then, I have not <laughs> lost anything. But I did not want it out there for like not so much for my parents who, as I was saying, want to love me no matter what. But everybody else, you know, the neighbors and uh, the whatever, the cousins and the people who are there you know, nemesis or frenemies who would say, oh, my God, you know, I was just at the bookstore and your daughter, why is she writing about vaginas? I wanted to spare them that. Mm. So I kept it out of like the public realm, as you were saying, kept it private within their Greek, you know, community. Um, But of course, I showed them the book and I told them what it's about and they wanted me to translate it. (laughs) And I did. Uh, And my mom was like, oh, honey, it's wonderful. I'm so proud of you. She just went right, you know, she bypassed all the stuff that was she couldn't handle and went straight to the fact that I'd written a book. I, I was young. You know, I was like on TV being interviewed. She was super proud. Done. Then, you know, she came to America. I had like this big uh, 10-year retrospective uh, opening. (laughs) 
And there was like this big piece of a hand-stitched vagina, but like, you know, really Both one on your big. wall at her. <laughs> no, it was, I've, I've sold, oh, um, no, it was, it was, no, it was, you haven't seen it, but it, there was also the one that was at Bordeaux for many years that oh, was yes. in that show. Uh, but there was one that was like fully filled with like stitch vagina. Um, and she said, this is my favorite one. I really like this because <laughs> <laughs> I like this vagina. <laughs> no, no, no. She was like, look, it looks like a spider web, only like made in embroidery. And what stitch did you use here? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so did she realize what it was? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But like, awesome. I think she willed herself. Mm. to not see it and be loving and you know and proud and that's it so like given if we give them that space if we don't confront them and hit them on the head you know um with with like a, a you know a hammer of like i'm not like you you know i'm not like you if we don't confront them they will find ways to like <laughs> circumvent what's uncomfortable and awkward and still support us yeah i i I think that's a good advice for any relationship. You know, don't shove someone's face in it. Yeah. You know, not everybody has the same views as you uh, or the same experience. Or, um, and I think it's important to take your time. Yeah. With helping them ease into your situation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, another question? Yes. Okay. I, I really like this question because there are many answers. What constitutes sex between two women? So when is it sex? What is the physical act of sex between two women? Wow. That's a hard one. <laughs> it's very easy, boy to girl. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Orgasm? That would be my, um, you know, first, my, my first kind of like without thinking, you know, my, my first uh response would be that if you make a woman come that sex but if it's digital i'm not sure that it counts i'm going to say or orifice orifice i'm going to say if you if or sex is not a kiss between women sex is not fondling um and i'm going to also say sex is not playing with someone's clit with your finger no. Okay. It doesn't have to be your tongue. It has to be your tongue. You have to eat her out. <laughs> you have to go <laughs> down on the woman and, you know, make her come. I think that's, you know, sex. Um, I mean, if, 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 well, if your partner is someone who has no, who is not orgasmic and needs like, you know, a lot of, of sexual practice and a lot of play in order to become orgasmic, then that's, that's not the case. I'm guessing you have a really high success rate when it comes to orgasms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And also there are countless different female orgasms. Mm, I heard there were seven. That's it? We had a speaker Who's once. counting? <laughs> <laughs> we had a speaker who described the seven orgasms. but um. mm. I don't think it's the seven. I, I really think it's way more. I mean, just from what I've heard from friends, if there are stories, you know, not just what I've experienced, but, you know, the descriptions from my women friends of their orgasms, it seems to me that, you know, they're numerous. Mm. I'm not always there, but I'm going to trust that they tell me like it is, <laughs> like, like they tell it like it is. Um, 
Yeah. Are, there, are there other positions that you would consider to be sex? Not just oral. Between women. Mm. Positions. Mm. So, for example, if you were to um, say clitoris to clitoris, if you were to to rub against one another in that way, how would you would you describe that as sex or not? Interesting. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I would. <laughs> you would? <laughs> yes. <laughs> For me, I don't have to have an orgasm to to call it sex. Hmm. Um, I think orgasms um, are like maybe one in five for me. But um, definitely being with a woman, um, I don't have to have an orgasm to, to feel satisfied. Um, but I, I do love being with a woman in, in that sense. Um, it doesn't have to be oral either. And, and for me, that would be sex. Right. Well, we're just talking about the definition of sex. That's the de- well, okay. You know, not whether or not you've been with a woman, but for me, it's a defin- the difference between play and sex. So, like making out, you know, fondling, um, you know, exploring each other's bodies, touching each other, you know, moaning, turning each other on. To me, all of that's play. And I think it's kind of useful to not call it sex because then you don't get into this whole, you know, um, uh, deep uh, questioning of am I faithful? Am I cheating? Uh, am I, you know, have who I had am I? <laughs> right, you know, am I gay? Am I straight? All that stuff. Mm. So long as you stay in the realm of play, mm. you don't have to deal with any of those, you know, other uh, identity questions, which I think is good, you know. Mm. Um, so my personal definition would be that play involves even clit to clit, um, or, you know, touching somebody's ass or, you know, rubbing somebody's asshole. But so long as you don't get to a state of, for me again, um, either orgasm or, you know, extreme intimacy, (laughs) um, I think that you're just playing, you know, you, you are... You're at that foreplay stage, and foreplay can encompass, uh, you know, a lot of different, you know, uh, sexual mm, experiences, but it's not sex. It's still foreplay. Mm. Okay. The many levels of sex. One more? Do we have time? Um, yes. Okay, very quickly. Um, and I, I get this question a lot from women. Do I need to be concerned about STDs at a play party where there are just women? Um, that's a good question. I think that everyone should start with being concerned, at least until they know, you know, who they are with and, you know, where they are. So I think that an initial concern, yes, is healthy. Um, some places and some environments are more STD, um, you know, heavy than others so um but in general there isn't that much you know because um mostly you know women will present when they are um contagious Mm -hmm. so let's say someone has genital herpes you will see it (laughs) if it's when she's contagious Mm. you will see it um or you know chlamydia or there will be there will be something you will know if you're alert and aware and you're not drunk, <laughs> hmm. um, you will be, you know, you will pick up on it. There will be a smell. There will be excessive discharge. There will be signs. 
Um, but I do think that it's good to take precaution. It's good to take protection when you're new. I think that once you overcome your inhibitions and you feel comfortable being in a place in, you should stay sober or as sober as you can be because then you're experiencing it better and you also under, you know, see the cues more clearly and then you can move uh, you know, past protection because you know what's what. But you know, in order to get to that stage, to like the sober, pure sexual pleasure, <laughs> stage um you know there are there are um other other levels to go through so uh, i would say protect yourself and that way also you don't have to like wake up the next day and wonder you know you don't need any of that so um protect yourself while you have to and once you feel comfortable uh you know you, you it means you know what you're doing mm. Step by step. Yeah, step by step. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, I think that that pretty much concludes today's podcast. Thank you for coming, Geneva. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, please visit skirtclub.co.uk. And if you want to ask me more questions, there will be an Ask Eve um, platform. Our, yep, on our, on our website, um, on our blog page. So skirtclub.co.uk slash blog. And then you'll be able to pose all of your questions and concerns to ask Eve. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, it was a pleasure speaking sex with you. And I'll talk to you next Friday. Mm -hmm.